0: All right, y'all love the Lord. All right, I'm I just going to be honest with you. I'm just glad we made it through worship. I, the worship team, the the worship team did fine. I was like, Lord, you got to help me, man. I'm <laughs> I'm feeling rough around the edges, but uh, anyway, the Lord helped the little preacher. I'm, I'm glad we're through it. All right, you got your Bibles. You got your hold them up. And let me see if you got your Bible or your electronic devices all right wave them in the air like you just don't care all right okay turn if it's a stolen gideon bible it's 139 uh turn anywhere you want to uh, but i'm going to turn to john 16 john 16 i'm i'm going to read the verse that we read last week because i want to make sure you got it you say but, pastor are you losing it uh, we read that same verse last week. That's all right, because I want you to get it. Somebody said, study says you got to hear something three times before you can remember it. You got to hear something three times before you got to hear something three times before you remember it. Thank you. So I want us to look at this verse again. This is um, this is John sixteen. Get there, and I want you to put up uh, that that first slide. If you will look. Once you get there, if you get there, say amen, amen. if you're in John 16. This is the, the series on equipping, and uh, church, this, this is both, it, I know it's from the Lord, but it, it happens to have a very practical application, what we're doing right now throughout the summer, looking into the fall. Um, because of the challenge, and, and, and there's a part of me that's really excited Because when God does what He's about to do, all of us are going to look back and say, did you just see what God did with our church? We're going to sit back and go, wow, God has really visited us in a very powerful way. And so, sometimes He allows us to get in situations to where, watch this, you have to trust Him. You have to believe in Him. Maybe one of the worst things, and I'm just going to be flat out honest with you, is that when a church can hit a, a chord and can strike a you know a tune and start moving and it's almost like the mechanics and all the nuts and bolts that really a church can grow and function and all those things it's almost as if if you do the right things that a church can grow but ha- have how many of you have you known or maybe you've been in a church like that to where it was full and there was activity but you can get a machine so well oiled that the one who oiled it can get up and walk out and people, no, people not even know that he left. I have found that he's got to be that constant person talking about Jesus and his Holy Spirit, that he's the one that really does this. So in this equipping series, I'm going to be talking about being empowered, about being equipped, and about being edified for, for the work of God. Now, before we read this verse, here's the context I want you to get it in. You see the, see the image up there? Is that Hannah back there? Come on, give Hannah a good hand. <laughs> Hannah just moved into the youth group. I mean, and there she goes. Now she's back there running the media. All right. All right, so here, here's the picture I want you to get because if you read this verse you can lose perspective of what's being spoken. When Jesus is saying what we're about to read to the disciples, he was sitting around the Passover supper. Are you aware of that? Because Pentecost, if you read it, uh, is 50 days after that event. So Jesus is around uh, around the Passover supper. And folks, how many of you would agree with this? In fact, I just went, Roger and I went and saw Brother Cagle... Uh, yesterday, and he's you know he's just kind of in limbo. Y'all remember the 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 brother that we rolled him up here in the wheelchair when we honored the veterans? Like it was last, uh, or was that was that veterans or Memorial Day? I think it was last year. Uh, so he's kind of in limbo. You know, if he he's about to go home to be with the Lord, uh, or he's about to get a major miracle. Um, but how many know that when it comes time for a person and they know they're about to depart? What they tell you is probably going to be one of the most important things they say. Amen? So now Jesus is aware. This, this, this is He's only hours now away from going into the garden to begin to intercede. He's only hours away from being beaten. And going and going up to the cross and being nailed there. So him in his foreknowledge, his awareness of what's about to happen, he's around this and, and by the way, I picked this image because the Leonardo da Vinci thing, everybody thinks of the last that's not probably the way it looked. You know, he's kinda got it all dressed up with one long table, you know. No, nah, this is more they notice how the table is closer to the floor because they, it said they would lounge or recline. It said John, oh, I'm getting off subject now, help me, Lord, that John would recline and lean his head right. upon the chest of Jesus. So that they'd have to be in a situation like this of close proximity. And and, and they're, they're celebrating the Seder. They're celebrating the Passover and then put that next slide up. And then 50 days later, the Pentecost comes. And it says that cloven tongues of fire set itself up on these and a mighty rushing wind began to blow. And uh, put that next image up. You know, I have thought about what what must that have looked like? This is just my conjecture conjecture just for a moment because it said that the mighty rushing wind began to blow and it says that a a cloven tongues of fire came and set upon each of them I'd have kind of like been there to see that, wouldn't you? I'm going to even say this. I'd kind of like to see it now. You think he can do it again? Lord, do you hear me? I, 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 yeah, he, was, he, he did something. This was not the birth of the church. We're going to read what the birth was. This was the launch of the church. This was the church being unleashed onto the nations. And, and, and I just believe that there was, not only was there a wind, but there was probably a fiery wind that came into that place and visited them. So let's back up now to John 16 and where Jesus is starting this, um, this discourse about what he's about to do. In verse seven, I'm reading in the new century version this morning. Jesus says to his disciples, but I tell you the truth, it's better for you that I go away. When I go away, I will send the helper to you. If I do not go away, the helper will not come. But when the helper comes, he will prove to the people of the world the truth about sin, about being right with God and about judgment. He will prove to them that sin, uh, that sin is not believing in me. He will prove to them that being right with God comes from my going to the Father and not being seen anymore. And the helper will prove to them that judgment happened when the ruler of this world was judged. I have many more things to say to you, but they are too much for you now. But when the spirit of truth comes, he will lead you into all truth. He will not speak his own words, but he will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you of what is to come. The spirit of truth will bring me glory because he will take what I have and say and tell it to you. Would you lay your hand on that word right there, and let's agree together. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, thank you that we have a spirit that's indwelling us now, that gives us revelation of who you are, that gives us insight and perspective to what your word is and says. Spirit of the living God, clear the noise in our head and in our hearing. Help us to be silent and know that you are God. You said you'll hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Jesus, you said to all seven churches in Revelation 2, Chapters two and three said, uh, "To him who hears my voice, let him let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. We want to hear your voice. In Jesus' name, help us." And everybody said, "Glory to God." You know what I want to talk to you about today for the next oh two hours. Um. I want to talk to you about, some of you say he ain't lying either. The guest, he's not lying. He's, he's, he tell, uh, <laughs> I want to talk to you today about global warming. Hmm, that's right. But not that global warming. I want to talk to you about a global warming that that fire, according to the word of God, is going to hit the earth again. Because what happened 2,000 years ago on this Sunday, God says, it's going to happen again. Mm, Joel, I'm going to shout myself down. Joel chapter 2 and then Peter quoted it uh, on the day of Pentecost when they came down from that upper room. And listen, they were on fire. In fact, they were lit up. (laughs) It said of them, if you read the Bible, it said, these men are drunk. They've been drinking Boone's Farm. We don't ripple. What's what is it? What's wrong with these people? They they've been they've been nipping early in the morning. It's that oldest Campbell walking down from what is that? And they came down and listen, you know, all y'all who've been around a happy drunk. <laughs> Am I getting a little too real here? I'm sorry. You know, they were a little happy, y'all. When he when he filled them with his Holy Spirit, I mean, they didn't come out of church service going. We had a good service today. With old scowl on their face, we all had a good religious service. You ought to come to our church with old you know look on your face. You want what I got? And they'll say, No, but you need to probably get some medication for that. You know. Uh, you need to take some happy pills or something. I don't know. Listen to the happy song. But they came down and they were so happy, it says, um, that they, they thought these men had been drinking. And Peter stands up and says, it, it, it's only nine o'clock in the morning, y'all. We hadn't had time to get drunk. We've been drinking something else. Now listen, I know for religious people, I mean, there there are folks sitting in church right now that saying, the preacher, when our preacher preaches it in twenty minutes, Hallelujah. And we get in service and we get out. And and God just basically says, you know, you can have as much as me as you want. And and you know, and the, the the world says, now don't you know, are are we really supposed to be kind of a little tipsy? Well, obviously they were. Can I be honest with you? I have, through the years, I've seen a few, I know some. Have y'all seen anybody get a little? I mean, I, I've seen it. And, I, and, and it wasn't this fake stuff either. I'm talking. I know some people who were like straight down the line, real conservative, real serious. And I saw them get a little dose. And I'm, I'm looking at that joy that they've gotten. And I said, Lord, give me some of that. And so I guess I've gotten a little taste here and there. But when they came down from that upper room, they, f- folks, they got something. You know the amazing thing is? It says that they came and they were speaking. As far as I know, there were 16 different languages that they came down. I'm talking about known languages. They they were speaking. Now, these are blue collar workers, y'all. These are plumbers and painters and construction workers. All right? there's a couple of white collar folk in there too but you know these are just you know. in fact when they came at, after Pentecost they came some of the leaders and they said and they perceived that these men had been with Jesus because they said they were unlearned they were, they were not they didn't use good verb tenses they kind of talked a little backwards and yet they said but they could not deny they said they took note that these men had been with Jesus you know, you get with him, it changes. It changes the way you talk, the way you look. And you know, and, and and they, they came down and, and they're all happy. And God says, you know what, I did it once. I'm gonna do it again. Now here's the issue. There are gonna be some churches when the global warming hits and it's gonna pass right by them. You wanna know why? Because they put a sign on the door and said we don't want none of that holy fire around here we like to teach things where we can control it in fact we can vote it in and we can vote it out we don't like to be out of control woo and God says good and then I won't be in control he says you, you can have what you want am I, am I getting a little too close here or I think I'm talking our language aren't we and here's what I get from this. Jesus says, He says, now when I go away, we talked about that last time. He said, when I go away, He said, I'm going to send the helper. Oh, I love that. What does your translation say? The comforter? He, he, how many found Him to be a comforter? How about have you, have you found Him to be? I'm talking about the Holy Spirit now. How many have found Him to be a counselor? When you needed some wise, sage advice, He is the God of omnipotent wisdom. How many you have found that he's a teacher? So I need somebody to show me how. Did you know the Holy Spirit's a teacher? Yes. You know, the w- Greek word for that, that Greek. you know what it is? It's called paraclete. The, lit- the word literally means, Charlie, it means he comes alongside us. He says, I'm gonna send my spirit and not only is he gonna be in you, he's gonna be with you. And then he says, I'm gonna put him before you and he's gonna lead you oh Lord right in the middle of preaching I just want you to know we need you to guide us to get us through uh, I, I, how do you like my green paper that keeps me awake during, um, during talking here here's a couple of things what, what Jesus said the Holy Spirit would do He's, he'll teach us all things and guide us into all truth amen he'll cause us to remember everything that Jesus said the, the Trinity fall I mean it's folks it messes with my mind because, see, God sent the Holy Spirit, but so did Jesus. And Jesus is the one that baptizes in the Holy Spirit. But when the Holy Spirit comes, it tells us all about Jesus. And then Jesus says, well, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I'm going, which one i am looking at? It's like, well, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's three different. I have to admit it. That's what it says. But yet he's the same God. And a lot of people think about the Holy Spirit that he's, he's the lesser God. See, he's the third person. You understand, because you know, Father. Hey, man, he's he's the big cheese. I mean, and the Son. You know, he's he's just. You know, he's the Son. And The Holy Spirit. You know, I like Francis Chan calls him the Forgotten God. I think John Bevere was over at at the Rock, right? And and he was talking about the Holy Spirit. I understand. And 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 the Holy Spirit. If I understand what Brother Bevere was saying is that if you've ever been in a church and felt unknown then meet the Holy Spirit because probably in a lot of churches they don't know who he is he is no less God than God the Father or God the Son. He is no more God. The thing about it is, is that it's sometimes it's kind of hard to wrap our brain around who he is. But listen, he said, Jesus says, it's to your advantage, it's for our, your good that I go away. Why? Because he was limited to a body. He said, if you want to send me walk on water, I can. I can raise the dead. I can open blind eyes and deaf ears, and I can heal the sick. He said, but wherever the glory is is where I am. He said, but when I go away, the glory is going to spread all throughout the, where the Holy Spirit, because he doesn't have a body. So he's in all of us. Hallelujah. So he comes to, to reveal everything Christ said. He comes to testify be a testifying witness of Christ to us and through us. That's what the Word says, right? It said, you shall be my witnesses. He's a helper and a comforter. He He's come to convict, or you could even use the word convince, unbelievers of their sin. Hey, let me ask you this question, y'all. Before you were saved, any of y'all, any of y'all remember before you were saved? <laughs> I can. <laughs> Some of y'all, I remember I was watching a water baptism up in North Carolina, and this girl was four years old, and she testified. She said, I've been saved ever since I was born. I said, wow, I wish I could figure that out. You know, But do you know that even when you were, a, as my mom would say, a heathen, even when you were deep in sin, did you know it's the Holy Spirit that came to you and begin to convict or convince you and say what you're doing is not right. He works in coordination with your conscience saying this is evil, this is wrong, this separates you from the God who loves you. That's the Holy Spirit. Here's the amazing thing. A lot of people don't think of him as being a person because he's invisible. He, we, he has no faith. Fe- well, isn't he a dove? Well, that, he's not a dove. He comes in the form of a dove He comes in the form of the wind, but he's not the wind, right? He can come with fire, but that doesn't mean that fire is him because the fire, the wind, the dove can't contain who he is. But do you know, just like you and I, I want to try to impress you with something. The Holy Spirit is a person. Do you know that he's with you that if you cross a line, have you ever been around somebody you love maybe you said something you didn't mean? Or you did something that you didn't intend and you turned and you looked at their face and you realized you hurt them? Do you know he's like that? Do you know, he is so soft and so sensitive to holiness. I believe what Perry Stone says, the Holy Spirit's favorite word just may be holy because he is the Holy Spirit. And if he sees you put your eyes in the wrong place, I can see him as a person. The word says you can quench him. Did you know that? That word means grieve. You ever seen somebody's feelings hurt? It's like the Holy Spirit of God right there with you, that you do something, he goes, oh, and he backs away. Because he is a person. I'm not sure people realize that that is God sent with us to teach us, but he can be offended. He can. Did you know? I found out in the Bible that you can insult the Holy Spirit. Have you ever? I mean, I mean that that means that insulted means he just backs away and says, you know, you 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 really aggrieved me with what you're doing. We've got to understand he really is a person that Jesus said I, I've sent him and he's going to teach you, he's going to guide you, and look the other thing he says he says he's going to reveal to us future events, future. Events, church, think about this right now. Tomorrow, next week, where are you going to be about this time? <laughs> next week, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, next week, about this time, we're going to be in church. Hey, that's good. How about 20 years from now, tomorrow? Where are you going to be and what are you going to be doing? How about 40 years from now, if the Lord tarries? Where are you going to be watching? Let me get you, just go with me there for a moment. If you can say, okay, God has the ability, He's not limited, He can project me into the future. In fact, He's a a future God. If I can take you right now from where you're sitting, move you 40 years from now, and you land, and there you are, and you're trying to figure out, you're getting your bearings, where am I? Can I tell you something? If when you look around, guess who's there waiting? the Holy Spirit. How insane are we, oh, help me, church, how insane are we to make decisions outside of his counsel? Because he knows what's best for you. Jesus said it's for your advantage. Understand, he's a counselor, so how foolish, the word says many are the plans in a man's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevail. It's the counsel of the Lord that prevail. He is the Holy Spirit, and He will guide you. How crazy are we to make decisions without consulting Him? I want you and I to get and fall back in love with the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody. Amen. You know this kind of preaching can kind of run somebody, some people off from church. Oh, I just had just just uh, had interaction. Let's just put it this way. Were they church south from here? Let's just put it that way. Not in this city. And because the pastor got spirit-filled, there's some people who left that church. It's a church that's not used to spirit-filledness. And uh, so this person sent me a text and was uh, not all happy about this pastor and people preaching about the Holy Spirit. Do you know there are people who don't want to talk about this? <sighs> I hesitated whether I was going to say this or not, but, you know, something that concerned me that I heard last year. Now, our youth group's been gutted this morning. You know, most of them are on that band right now. Two-thirds of them are there. Um, But one of the speakers on one of the nights at our youth camp last year got up, and I guess there were probably 900, 1,000 kids at the youth camp, and he said to our kids now, all of our kids, he says, how many of you have been filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues? Um, he said, you've not been filled with the Holy Spirit. With the evidence. And he said, I want you to stand. People said about 90% of the audience stood. And he goes, uh, uh, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. He said, you must have been misunderstood. Everybody sit down, sit down, sit down. He said, you must have been misunderstood. I said, I want to know how many of you here have been filled with the Holy Spirit, have not been filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of same people stood. And all of us pastors, folks, all of these churches that go to that camp are all churches that believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And we're all looking and saying, and 90% of our kids? Now, here you've got to do the math. A lot of those kids who came there were brought there by friends, so they weren't a part of our churches. All right, And then maybe some. So there's a percentage of those kids that maybe weren't right with God. So you gotta, but you've got to think, okay, let's say it's half. What are we teaching our kids? Do do not our kids need the power of God? Do they not need the Pentecost, especially for what they're living in? All the bullying going on out there, all the drugs, all the addiction, all the stuff that's been done on Facebook and Twitter, all the temptations that kids are being faced today and the churches were not teaching them the power of God through the Holy Spirit. Oh God, help us. And so here's my confession to you, folks. At Church of the Shoals, we're returning back to the basics. We're coming back to just believing plainly and childlikeness that the power of God is available to us. Now I'm because you know I I, I I I was praying about today. I, said, I think next next week I'm going to have an altar call and I'm going to pray for people who want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, who want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I'm going to call them forward. You know what? God, I, I, I guess I, I'm just apologizing to you because I've not done it enough. I've not led us in that enough. Now I will tell you by by the way that when they said stand. More than half of our kids, uh, excuse me, did not stand. In other words, more than half of our kids are filled with the Holy Spirit. But we need to be stoking that. We are crazy if we think that we can turn this nation around outside of the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we need to tap back into that again, and we need to learn that God, here's the interesting thing: do you know God likes to communicate? Do you know that? You know what? He gave us a book. Does, what is he saying to you and I when he said I'm giving you a book? He said, I want to talk to you. Right. This is the Logos, right? This is, it's the written word, but was spoken. Right. The other thing is he has a spirit. He said, when, when, see what that says there? Look, look at it again. It says, uh, he says, the helper will come, let's see, and I have many more things to say to you. Do you see the word Say. But they they are too much word you. But when the Spirit of truth comes, he will lead you in all truth. For he will not speak his own words, but he will speak only what he hears and tell you of what is to come. The Holy Spirit speaks. Oh, church, I just heard a nationally syndicated radio talk show host. He, he got on the subject about God. And he said, you know what? It's fine if, all, if people who are people of faith you know, that they, they read their Bibles and they do their, he said, but if I ever hear a person say that they, that God spoke to them, he said, I immediately know they're a fanatic. <laughs> you know what a definition of a fanatic is? It's somebody that loves Jesus more than you. They'll stare you down when I say it. You know, I like the way Keith Green said it. He said, You know, Christians are somebody who's just bananas for Jesus. Yeah. I mean, you're just excited about the Lord. And we, look, Jesus said, He will speak. Right. That goes back to that message a couple weeks ago. But are we listening? Right. Can we hear His voice? And so I'm just going to be honest with you. You know, you know my testimony. I was 20 years old when I walked that altar and I gave my heart to the Lord. I had been in a seven-year drug addiction. I was messed up. I was broken. I was washed out. I was wasted. The world had written me off. People said he's bad seed. Some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about, but he said he's, he's bad. I mean, that boy, you know, you better keep an eye on him because that boy nothing but trouble, all right? That was me. And God's looking at that altar. He says, I like boys in trouble, I like bad seed. I like outcast where the world's written you off because I can take it and when I do it, everybody, and, and listen, even my family and people who knew me back, oh, I said, listen, if you could have seen me where he found me, <laughs> come on, I need some, come on, somebody, if you could see where he found me and where he's brought me to, you'd say, boy, that boy's come a long way. And, and I, can, I can tell you, it's the Holy Spirit, it's been the whole time, He met me at that altar. But you got to understand this. It was, I I went to an assembly of God church, not assemblies of God, assembly of God. It's not like church of God, it's church of God. All right? I went to an, anybody y'all know, you've been there, you know what I'm talking about. It's not, it's church of God. All right? So it's assembly and they believed in in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I told you the story and I'd heard, I said, well, I received Jesus into my heart. They said, but there's more. I said, there's more than this? I'll take more. And then they said, yeah, you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. They said, the Holy Ghost. Kind of scared me. It's like, if they're going to be ghostbusters, you know, they're going to come in there with their guns and start shooting what's... I said, you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And uh, I'm like, okay, well, if it's... I saw it in the Bible. The pastor talked about it. So on Sunday night, y'all, they had an altar call for people to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And, and here they lined up. I told you the story. I'm going to kind of shorten it. But the guy, it's the pastor and the evangelist. They're going down through. They're just like this. I'm over here on this side, on y'all's side. All right. They're coming down here praying. He gets it. She gets it. They're going down. Everybody's getting filled. Now, right beside me is a guy, R.G., Richard. He's the guy we used to party with. He's standing. He got saved four days later uh, than I did. So I was more mature in the Lord than he was. And Richard was standing there. And and they are coming down receive the Holy Ghost. Receive and everybody's poo you know. I'm like, Wow. And he goes to Richard and says, Boy, receive the Holy Spirit. Richard starts speaking. I mean, folks, I wasn't raised in church. I mean, you just got no redneck there and golly, hot dog. What's this? And uh and Richard starts being a man, Richard got the Holy Ghost. You go, boy. You know. <laughs> And there he's, oh, thank you, Lord. He's praying in tongues. And the, 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 the preacher comes to me and he says, boy, receive the Holy Ghost and laid his hands on me. And I went... And he stepped back to me and like, he goes, boy, I said, receive you the Holy Ghost, laid hands on me. And I was like... Y'all, anybody know what I'm talking about? I said, how does it work? I mean, come on. Thank you Tim. I'm going I you know cuz in Old Pentecost, you know, if old boy came forward they said, you know, I, I want to receive the Holy Spirit. And you see the Old Pentecost they turn around and said, "Did you hear what he said? He said he wants the Holy Ghost." And everybody charges him and swarms him and they're on top, they're pounding him. Come on, boy and he's like down there and some of them are saying come on you got to let go the other one's going brother you got to hold on he's going i just want to leave <laughs> come on do you have you been to that church some of y'all know what i'm talking about and some people would just say something in gibberish just to get out of the church alive and then you get, you get filled and then some old mean and well-meaning saint comes over to you and says, did you receive the Holy Ghost tonight, son? Yes, sir, I did. Well, I just got one thing to tell you. You see those doors right there? There's a devil out there. <laughs> and he's waiting on you. And you're like, golly, can we just stand here in church all night? I, 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 why do I have to leave and face that old, old mama called him slewfoot. I didn't want to go face him. But I'm gonna tell you what. I didn't receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit that night. I went home. And yet I was so hungry for God. I kept seeing it. It's there in the word, Lord. You said you'd send the Holy Spirit. Oh, I've, I've got more scripture than I've got time. But I can tell you this. You know, he said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit. And he said, you'll be my... I said, well, Lord... I need power. I need strength to be a good witness for you, because you know I need your help. And so, and so, I, I went to my um, my bedroom and I shut the door. And that that we just lived in a little government project, so I just had my little bedroom. I didn't have a, a, a an office like I do now. So I got down at the foot of my bed like this and made my bed an altar. I said, Lord, you said you'd send me the Holy Spirit. So I'm asking you, fill me right now. Fill me right now. I'd say, Lord, I am not gonna move from here until I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. You know what, can I be honest with you? About an hour later, I was sitting in front of the TV watching Andy Griffith. How so How does it work? So one Sunday night after church, it didn't even happen. I didn't even get filled with the Holy Spirit. I got filled with the Holy Spirit in a pickup truck, Dodge, Dodge pickup truck sitting in the back parking lot of a church in Birmingham, Alabama. yee And it was a Bible college student. You know, God can use young people. and and he said you you said you hadn't been filled right Bill? I said yeah and I've really been seeking the Lord and I've just really been discouraged he said well let me just pray with you he said now "Now, here's what here's what unlocked it for me he said now Acts 2 says that they spoke as the spirit gave them utterance he said the problem is you haven't been given the Holy Spirit anything to operate I was thinking somehow when you get it that God sends an angel, he parts your mouth open, reaches in and grabs your tongue and starts flapping it like a sheet. (laughs) uh. (laughs) Or, you know, some of the well-meaning folks down at the altar say, all right, brother, say, see the keys to my Honda. Say it again, see the keys to my Honda. You got it. (laughs) Or, you know, say, come on, brother, say, see my bow tie, see my bow tie. Oh, you got it. See, that's like, come on. I don't want any fake stuff. I want if, I, if it's going to be real, come on, somebody. I want it to be real. He said, they, they spoke as the Spirit gave them utterance. Well, I'm expecting flames of fire and mighty rushing wind. And, and he just prayed and said, Lord, it's a gift. He didn't earn it. The Holy Spirit's right there. He just needs to receive it. Help him to release what you've given him. So he said, now he said, just, just begin to pray. Begin to speak, and and I, I, I'm not going to demonstrate for you, but it came out. You know what? It, honestly, it came out like baby talk. I started uttering little syllables. I mean, I don't want to say I said yabba dabba doo I did not. <laughs> but some something was similar, and 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 I started saying it, and I was saying the same thing over and over. He reached over and said, "Bill." He said, now keep doing it. Keep, keep, keep going. Keep going. I said, okay. And I kept going. He said, Bill, that's it. I stopped and I said, what? <laughs> I have been going through all the torments and the misery of all that I went through. And you're telling me all I got to do is just let the Holy Spirit speak through me? He said, that's it. I said, golly. It's a good Christian cuss word. Can I tell you what happened, though? See, for me, because I was so infant in my faith and where I was with the Lord, the language that I had was the only language that He could release through me. So I had to start with where He could start with me. Can I tell you 34 years later, can I tell you I have got an intercession language? Come on. I've got a praise language. Anybody? I can sing to the Lord in the Spirit. I have a warring tongue. I have a waiting tongue. Oh, we could do a whole teaching just on all this. In other words, I have gotten a degree in 34 years of spiritual linguistics. There is a heavenly dialect that says that God wants to speak to us. And listen to this. We know he desires to communicate because he came down in the garden and talked with Adam in the cool of the day but we know what happened and we know that at the Tower of the Bible because of the potential of language, it was all about language and it was all about imagination. They're linked together. They said that now these people are going to be able to do everything they imagine to do, he said, because their language and their speech is as one. He said, therefore, I'm going to come down and I'm going to confuse their speech. So from then on, language has been a point of confusion. Zephaniah 2.10, God says, and I will restore to my people a pure language, Guess what happened 2,000 years ago in that upper room? God took 16 languages and put them together. These fishermen had not learned these native tongues of another language. They came down and they're speaking. And guess what? They're they're walking around the streets of Jerusalem and they're telling people, it says, they spoke the wonders of God. These these men and women heard them speaking. They said, they're speaking my dialect perfectly and yet the disciples are saying, we don't even know what we're saying. You don't think God's crazy? You don't think he will mess with your mind? Can I remind you he spoke through a jackass? Oh, don't you look at me that way. Balaam, y'all, he's riding along. And the, and the, and the donkey turned and said, yo, what's up, bro? God's speaking through the... ah. How about this? Zechariah, who was a rabbi and was a priest, when God says, you know, Elizabeth is going to bring forth the prophet named John the Baptist. You're supposed to name him John. And apparently, somehow, Zechariah was going to mess it up. Zechariah. And guess what the Lord did? Shut his mouth. Not his mouth, his mouth. <laughs> God needs to shut some of our mouths. How many of your mouth has gotten you in trouble? You're in church. You better not sit here and lie. (laughs) My mouth has gotten me in more trouble than I would like to sit here and tell you about. And so, you know, what did the Lord do? Don't ask me. Talk to the Lord. All I know is somehow the Lord came in and went, click. And, And John is walking around now for nine months going, You know, and as, and and then it was right when they said, "Well, what are we going to name He goes John. He's going to name him John because I've been waiting nine months to tell you that. <laughs> Can I get a witness? All right, so I got, I got. Come on, Frank, help me. I I need help getting out of here. You got to get me out of here. All right, so here's the crazy thing, y'all. Two phenomenons, two phenomenons are happening on Pentecost. One, they're speaking in known languages that they've never learned and yet they're telling the wonders of God. God is saying, I have restored pure language to my people. Oh, I wish I could take some time to tell you about praying in the spirit. It is one of the most wonderful gifts that God has given us. That's the reason I tell you, you know, in that old pickup truck that night, how many would agree with me? I'm so thankful for that day that I gave my heart to Jesus. It did really change everything. But how many of you would agree that you've been filled with the Holy Spirit and received your language? How many you say that that may be even a better blessing? Bill, I don't. I know it's it's close to being equal, but that that, that God restored to me the ability to pray around my old finite brain. Do you know that they have put uh, people? They put a Pentecostal pastor under one of these brain mapping machines it's a brain scan and they said do you know that they had him speaking in tongues while the um because when you speak the motor skill area the vocabulary skill of your brain fires the snaps begins to fire because it's the activity of your brain for that part they they put this pentecostal pastor under this and guess what happened When he began to speak in tongues, the language area that that was the motor skills for, for the brain's activity went dormant. And guess what happened? The front lobe of the brain that controls the area of meditation and processing, analyzing, and thinking began to fire. Think about that for a moment. In other words, when you're praying in the spirit, John says, "My excuse me." Paul says, "My mind is unfruitful. My mind does not understand because my spirit is praying." Do you know when you pray in the spirit, it's bypassing your limited language and your ability to think and process things, and the Holy Spirit opens to you the possibilities of God. You know what else it says? And he says, "For the spirit prays according to the will of God." Can I, I, I just be so honest with you? There have been situations. I've been standing in the hospital room. I've been sitting in a counseling situation. I'm, I'm facing a crisis. And I'm going, Tim, I, I, don't know, I don't know what to tell these people. I don't know what I'm going to say. God, I don't know what to say. And, and I'll just pray in the Spirit. And I'll know that by praying in the Spirit, I'm bypassing and I'm going straight to God. And can I tell you more, more times than I've got time to tell you this morning? By praying in the Spirit, I'd get an immediate word or revelation, and I'll speak in it, and it was exactly right. And when I think about it, I said, That's not what I would have said. The Holy Spirit gave that to me. Well, folks, this is a wonderful thing, isn't it? Yes. So, for this summer, it's time to unleash his power. It's time for us to return to get back to know the Holy Spirit again. I want to ask you again now look this way, brother, sister. Does this nation need a revival? Come on now. How are we going to turn this nation around? Does this church need revival? Do we need momentum going forward? How are we going to get it? We've been given a prayer language to the Holy Spirit that can help us to connect with heaven. We need to tap into His power again. And what we need is to have that power so when we go out, when we're standing at the mall, we're standing at home or at our work, there's a boldness that comes. Against you say, so, Bill, I, I'm afraid to share my faith. That's because you're in the flesh. That's because you're in your own mind. The Word says that when His Spirit comes, He will make you bold as a lion. And you won't be ashamed of the gospel. You won't care. If they, they spit in your face, you'll just step back and say, Look, you can cuss me out. You can even beat me up. But I know something you don't. There's something more real in my life than you standing there. Amen. Come on, then. Why don't you stand together? Hallelujah. Holy Spirit. You are welcome in this place. And Lord, I'm being lighthearted just because I know that it's good for us to laugh. It's good like a medicine. Lord, we also understand that, Lord, if we're to get moving, if we're to get mobilized, if there's to be something that's going to be modeled for us to carry the gospel to this city, to this nation. We're going to need a new Pentecost, Lord. We're going to need for you to come and visit us again like you did 2,000 years ago. I'm asking you, Lord, to prepare our hearts. Lord, that when I call the people forward, when our kids come in next week and they're going to get tested week after next Lord, on that Father's Day, Lord, what better gift than to receive the gift that you sent for us. And so, Father, I pray that we have a revelation of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you are a person. You are real. And you've been sent to us. And I just want to say in front of your people, Lord, I'm so sorry, Holy Spirit, whenever I grieve you, whenever I've insulted you, But I want to thank you that the Lord said that you won't leave us or forsake us, that you'll abide with us forever. So Spirit of God, we thank you for coming to to speak to us and tell us what's being spoken from the throne. And you come to us to lead us into all truth and you come to show us of things to come. Lord, we refuse to make any other decisions outside of your counsel. Come on, somebody. We refuse to make any decision that we've not consulted you. Help us to hear your voice. You're the one who wrote this Bible. You're the one who, who, who spoke those words and you're the one who can speak to us today and saying, this is the way. Walk you in it. God, we need this today. Now look this way. I want to close with this. What if somebody came to you and said, you can pick out any car you want. Go to the car lot and pick out any car that you want. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool, wouldn't it? I said, no, and the price is not an option. I mean, you, you, you I'm, don't go get, you know, a U-Go. You know. <laughs> Anybody who remembers Yugos. Uh Don't go get, you know, just go anywhere you want to. But they said, you know, but by the way, they said... When you, get, when you pull home, uh, I've picked you one out, and you pull it, and it's the most expensive car you can buy. And I'm talking about loaded, baby. Bells and whistles, everything. It's the car. Hundreds of thousands of dollars. And they hand you the keys and say, it's all yours. Now, you say, man, would that be a good day? You might even become Pentecostal. "Oh, Biden. I forgot to tell you something um, the fuel in there it uses little cylinders um, that are loaded with plutonium <laughs> and uh, each of the cylinders and by the way each cylinder you can get like a, a, a hundred million miles to the cylinder the only problem is each cylinder costs 25 billion dollars so, I hope you enjoy your car, but you need some fuel for your car. I want to tell you, folks, we've been given a great gift just through salvation, but we need the fuel to get that. And that, those, those, those 10 virgins, remember, the five, said they had extra oil. And when the five foolish came and they said, can you give us, they said, go and buy from those who sell. In other words, you can't get our anointing. You're going to have to go pay the price yourself. You're going to have to go get, if you want your tank filled with that very fearfully, wonderfully made vessel you have, you've got to go and get it yourself. I just put a commission on you. I just put a charge on you. If you want to get more of him, you've got to get in his presence. Can I get a witness? Amen. Now, Gores, come on up here.